Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Castellin, the French football podcast with the accent, a podcast brought to you by Breaking the Lines, of course, curated opinions by football professionals from all around the world. Go on the website breakingthelines.com and read the latest article and analysis on um, the, the management start of Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa or the season start, I should say, uh, and what's not working right now with Aston Villa and with Gerrard. Uh, an article, of course, on Casemiro joining Manchester United uh, for, for a great deal of money. Uh, and go and listen to the Breaking the Line podcast as well, Corta Linhas uh, by Zach Lowy on the Portuguese Football Tactics Room by Will Fowler. And I was on um, the first episode of season two with Will Fowler talking about Christophe Galtier, of course, taking over at Paris Saint-Germain. A great episode and, and it was great to be with Will on this. Of course, uh, Road to Qatar is still on. Uh, I'll be on, on that one as well soon to talk about France. So a lot to listen to, of course, on Breaking the Lines. Uh, today, for the episode of Castellini, of course, we're going to look at match day three in Ligue 1. A lot has happened. I'm sure everybody has seen that eight-second goal by Kylian Mbappé, Paris Saint-Germain, who, after that semi-little crisis of last weekend, really bounced back well. Uh, but also a weekend with 11 red cards. Ligue 1 is back, right? 11 red cards. Anyway, we're going to talk about the, the three games that I've watched, and then we'll, of course, um, quickly... Um, discuss the, the other seven games, exciting stuff in Ligue 1. Um, the podcast is starting soon, but of course, first, music. So it is Monday night here in Australia when I record this podcast. I needed a, a full day of, of Australian winter to uh, to kind of recover from this uh, from this crazy uh, match day match day three in in Liga. So many goals in in those first um, three rounds in Liga. It's, it's crazy. Of course, Paris is uh, is doing its deed there. Um, anyway, round three, ten games, all ten were played. Thirty eight goals were scored. A mind-blowing 11 red cards were were given, and we're going to uh, to talk about every single one of them. Uh, but the referees are uh, are waking up, and uh, and the fines are coming to <laughs> coming through the to the federation to make sure that everything gets paid. Um, anyway, the whole the whole 10 games were played, uh, and some some really cool results. We're going to go um, first through the three games that I did watch, um, A to Z live Marseille against Nantes, lost uh, Lille, excuse me, against Paris Saint Germain and uh, Strasbourg-Reims, uh, and then of course we'll go through the other um, seven games. There was only four games where there was no red cards given. Uh, Montpellier-Auxerre had four red cards given. Rennes-Axio, two red cards. Monaco-Lens, two red cards. Um, quite, uh, not Monaco-Lens, sorry, um, Nice uh, against... Um, who was Nice playing? Nice and Clermont, excuse me, two red cards given. Uh, so yeah, quite a few... Quite a few players sent back to the locker room before the final whistle this weekend, and that's going to uh, obviously play its part in the next uh, in the next game day. Some some crazy game in the next game day um, as well to be played. Anyway, let, let's jump in straight away into the into the games, and you know we're going to start by the reigning champion, by the team that everybody is talking about, of course. Um, today, last week with with Batiste uh, from from the Classic Pod on this podcast, we talked shortly about Paris Saint-Germain and what was happening between Mbappé and Neymar and can Mbappé be a bit more humble can can they play together and it looks like 
whatever happened this week, however many times they, they talked about what happened last weekend, um, it worked. Obviously, Paris Saint-Germain was playing at Lille, the former um, club um, coached by uh, Christophe Galtier and Paris Saint-Germain almost, if you look at the score only, you could say made a mockery of Lille, 7-1, the final score. The goal scorer, Kylian Mbappé, with a hat-trick, first minute, 66 minute, 87 minute. Lionel Messi's call under the 27th. Ashraf Hakimi's call under the 39th. Neymar with a brace, 43rd and 52nd minute. Neymar with three assists. Uh, and Jonathan Bamba in the middle of that at the 54th minute, while his team was already down uh, 5-0, scored one goal for, for Lille. If you look at the statistic, though, Paris Saint-Germain, 52% possession, 16 shots, Nine on target, Lille sixteen shots and ten on target. So, so technically, it wasn't the case of Lille just got you know hammered and humiliated. Um, besides the score, you know, Lille ends up with um like almost as many passes as at Paris Saint Germain five fifty for for Lille five ninety two for Paris Saint Germain ninety percent accuracy pass for Lille eighty nine percent accuracy for for Paris Saint Germain. Um, you know, barely more fouls for Lille thirteen against eight. So. It wasn't like, despite the score, again, despite this like tennis score, um, it wasn't a full-on humiliation. It was Paris Saint-Germain being the most efficient that, that they've ever been, scoring every time they they shoot almost nine shots on target, seven goals. Um, also, it was a, a good reminder, if we needed one, that Lille needs a goalkeeper. Um, you know, not all the goals are Leonardo Jardim's fault, but he could have done better on, on some of them that Lille is a team that is you know kind of rebuilding um you had like you had Ismaili you had um Alexandro Jacquite those guys weren't in the Nice defense in the Lille defense excuse me last year so Jose Fonte was the only one that was there last year in defense everybody else was kind of new uh you know Leonardo Jardim was on and off last year in in the post so it, it was never going to be easy for Fonseca and for his men Yazice was bringing back into the the um, starting 11, uh, Cabela was injured. Um, some of you might have read what happened with Mohamed Bayo, who uh, who was seen on social media the night before the game, drinking into a, into a restaurant and, and apparently intoxicated. So he was suspended for the game by his own club. So things went great at first. And then when the game started, uh, just things became even worse. I mean, I'm, again, uh, I hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast follows a bit of Ligue 1, so knows that Kylian Mbappé scored after eight seconds. I mean, you know, what What better start of a game a week after you've missed a penalty, a week after everyone has criticized you about being a spoiled kid and, and about thinking that the club is yours, that, 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 and to answer eight seconds in with a goal. I mean, it looked like a, a FIFA, um, you know, the video game, um, sequence the little the kickoff is done pass to Messi Messi long ball for Mbappé the defense is sleeping Mbappé just chips it over the goalkeeper and that's one and then from there they didn't stop uh, it, it was you know it, it was a game that was dominated by Paris Saint-Germain but certainly every time they had an opportunity they were scoring every time they were attacking they were dangerous Um, they're, they're just very quick ball to fit and they're really hard to to stop I won't call them unstoppable just because they won 7-1, though let's let's put things into perspective. They were ultra-efficient and they were scoring every time they had the goal and they made the opportunities that they had count because Lille wasn't trying to park the bus, wasn't trying not to play football, wasn't trying not to come back into the game. So they left themselves open. But Lille had opportunities. Donnarumma made a few important saves. Uh, the defense of Paris Saint-Germain showed that there was 
there was a hole in the middle of it. You know, in the first half, they can score once or twice, maybe a little. Uh, but again, yeah, like I said, the, the keeper is on his way or lack of precision in, in the last um, in the in the last gesture to try and score. So it, it was a tough result for Lille, of course. Paris Saint-Germain is showing us that, like we said in those in this spot before, those guys are ready for the World Cup. Neymar, Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappé, um, you know, everybody else, you, you name them. Uh, well, not Verratti, poor guy, uh, but Virginia, Marquinhos, uh, Ramos, Mendes, they all, like, they all are hungry for that World Cup. I mean, uh, you know, you got people on the bench. Uh, Pablo Sarabia, Hugo Ekitike, that didn't even come in. Um, Pereira came in, Renato Sanchez came in, Nordi Mukiele came in, Leandro Paredes came in, but, you know, you, you have the luxury not to sub in a guy like Hugo Ekitike, so... That's how well it went for Paris Saint-Germain. It's a strong win. Um, it's a strong message sent by um, by um, Christophe Galtier. Of course, you know, you you end up three games in, your three wins out of three, 17 goals scored in three games. Uh, the next best attack has scored seven. Uh, and, and only three goals conceded. So it's, it's a solid start. It's a, a very good way for Christophe Galtier to say, I'm here. Um, of course, his players are in great form. Again, like we said, they are four months away from the World Cup. So that would be the form that they would hit usually in February in a regular World Cup year. So they are being ready for, for what matters, really. Um, but it was a demonstration. It was um, it was a lesson of football from Paris Saint-Germain. Offensively, again, and I, and I maintain that Lille wasn't ridiculous. It's just that Paris Saint-Germain offensively was too quick whenever they tried to attack. They were always finding themselves behind the defense. Lille was defensively poor, not well organized, not well placed. You know that you got a guy like Mbappé, you can't even think about giving him some space. So I don't know what Paolo Fonseca was thinking with his defense, like as high as the 40-meter 40, 40 line at the halfway line when Paris had the ball. You know straight away Mbappé is going to accelerate and and like three out of the six, the seven goals, um, that's how they come. And the other one come on the other side because Ashraf Hakimi, um, Ashraf Hakimi, sorry, just loves to combine with either Messi or, or Neymar. And we've seen it a couple of times. It, it was a, a tough result for, for Lille. Losing 7-1 at home is complicated at the end of the game, at the after the game on the radio. Um, I, could, I was listening to some Lille fans being like, oh, you know, we're not, like, we're not that sad. It was just... A lesson of football and we are just learning and we we know that we have a good team blah blah blah, blah. but I mean it's it's humiliating right considering seven goals at home even if it's Paris Saint-Germain like you'd rather take three red cards and even four red cards sorry and then just go home with a 3-0 defeat than, than considering seven but it's good for Paris Saint-Germain it shows that they are serious it's the same starting 11 right three games in a row uh, that 3-4-2-1 that Marquinhos Kimpembe Ramos in defense Donnarumma behind them Mendes Verratti Vitinha Hakimi that, that line the two wing back and the two um, double pivot as we say in French Verratti Vitinha uh, and then Neymar Messi Mbappé in front of them uh, and, and this works so I'm sure it's going to stay like that at least until the UCL um, draw and the UCL group stage I should say just to see how they can measure against the clubs um, I said that before I'll say it again I'll say it all season Paris Saint-Germain is going to arrive at the World Cup with 10 points 15 points maybe 20 points ahead of the second and third place in Ligue 1 but then after the World Cup it's going to be a different competition because one out of those three up front, Mbappé, Neymar, Messi, will come home devastated. Whether it's because 
they couldn't qualify their team or whether they made a mistake during the World Cup. They, there's a chance that in either of the three will be psychologically, um, you know, sort of like affected after that World Cup. And, and that's going to make the second part of the season really interesting. Everybody started to say, oh, Paris Saint-Germain has won the league. It's over. They, they most likely will win the league. They should win the league. They have, you know, three of the best players in the world playing up front and, and one of the best defense in the world as well. So they should win Ligue 1. They should win everything with a team like this. Um, so I expect them to win Ligue 1. I don't think it's going to be what we've seen this weekend. It's not going to be this all season. It's going to be a tight schedule from the moment the Champions League starts. Again, the World Cup is coming. So, you know, how long before the World Cup do those players kind of like start slowing down and give only 70% of, of what they can give to make sure that they don't injure themselves before the World Cup? Uh, that's going to play in. Then the World Cup plays like a week after the World Cup final. Ligue 1 starts again at the end of December. Um, which players are going to be back? Which players aren't going to be back yet? Which ones are going to be fully, you know, sort of, motivated by Ligue 1 in once they've played the World Cup. A lot is going to be in the balance there. As it stands this weekend, 7-1, Paris on top of Ligue 1. Um, we haven't seen Paris Saint-Germain playing that well since the first few games of Thomas Tuchel, really. Um, again, full credit to, to Galtier for talking to his team the right way and motivating them. Obviously, you know, Mbappé, Messi, Neymar, they, they talk to each other and they don't want to look like fools. And last week, they kind of did look like fools, although they were winning. So, so they probably wanted to, to change that. It's funny, there's this, um, there's this interview of Mbappé when he was a little bit younger and he's talking about his youth and he's saying something like during his, uh, his teenagehood, um, he played against a team. And I think in the interview, he said something like someone complains about Mbappé being too personal or whatever and, and the day after he scores a hat-trick. And so this snippet of the interview says, uh, you want to complain? Hat-trick tomorrow. Um, and they're using this snippet right now on Stromedia because it's true. Like everybody said Mbappé spoiled and then the next game onwards, he just, he just scored three goals. So so what do you do? One of the best strikers in the world um, lined up with, with two of the best offensive midfielders in the world. Great results. Um, we'll, we'll obviously talk about Paris Saint-Germain almost every week because it's fascinating to see how they play football. It's fascinating how they play now versus how they were playing last year. I mean, the only real change in that team is Vitinha. Uh, and then Ramos coming up from injury, of course. Uh, but it's the same team, just more more focused, more concerned, uh, more more applied to actually playing football. Um, so we'll see how, how they travel. We'll see how long that honeymoon period lasts with um, with Galche. We'll see if if those benched people, you know, Renato Sanchez, Mukiele, Ekijike, who came here, sure, accepting that maybe they're not going to be starters, but maybe we'll want to have some game time at one point. We'll see how they react. Uh, if the game time, if the game time, excuse me, remains um, restricted, but uh, but yeah, the first three games, the the league belongs to Paris Saint Germain, and it's a it's a Paris Saint Germain that I think in France we can be proud to say that's the best team in France because when they play this kind of football, we can be behind them. You know, last year at that time they were winning games uh, like scrappily, uh, 90, 90th minute game goal. Uh, you know, 90th minute run on the wings by Akimi and and header by Icardi and all that. So. Uh, a seven-one is is better. It's more fitting for uh, for a team like uh, like Paris Saint Germain. Let's go to the the second game of the, of the weekend uh, that I was watching Marseille against Nantes at the Stade Vélodrome, and we've seen Alexis Sanchez starting his first game in Ligue 1, uh, and, and obviously, um, you know. His age is there. Maybe he's not as good as he used to be when he was in Arsenal or Manchester United. But when he plays, um, he's, he's a level above 
the other players in on the on the pitch in his team and on the other. Uh, he's clearly, you know, he's clearly played for Arsenal, Barcelona, Manchester United, and, and Inter Milan for a reason, and then he's showcasing it. Um, you know, sometimes maybe a little bit too selfless and didn't try and, and shoot enough, maybe. Um, but but eventually he had a very good game. Marseille wins the, the final result. It's two one for Marseille. The goal scorer chants Mbemba at the 70th minute. Ludovic Blas answered by, by penalty at the 78th minute. The penalty that actually um, costed Samuel Gigo a, a second yellow card and red card. Uh, and then um, Marseille was lucky to see Nicolas Palois scoring an own goal at the 82nd minute. An own goal that for a second I thought was going to be disallowed because it kind of looks like there's an offside uh, in there, but wasn't wasn't. Um, seen or detected by um, by VAR. Marseille with 56% possession, 16 shots, 5 on target. Uh, Nantes, 12 shots, 3 on target. And, and Marseille, who, who dominated, who played a very good first half, just didn't have the, the final product, who wasn't able to really bother um, Lafont. Like, Lafont had a couple of saves to make, but there was not a lot of real, um, real incisive dangerous attacks on, on, on the box. Uh, and Marseille was playing a bit differently than they've played the first two games. Rongier was next to Veretou in the midfield and then the two number 10s-ish were um, Gerson and Gendouzi and up front Sanchez. So you didn't have Payet, you didn't have Milik, you didn't have Luis Suarez. So it was a bit different from what we've seen the first um, two weeks. Of course, Klos and Tavares were the two um, the two wing backs and Paulo Lopez was back in goals and he's made actually some pretty um, important saves, Paulo Lopez, in, in, in that game. Um, I think I think Marseille probably deserved to score in the first half. Like I said, they just couldn't find the, the end product. A lot of a lot of passing just around the, the box and not really anybody trying them their self, trying to take their chance. Um, and then eventually um, they score for on a corner kick by Mbemba and then they're a bit lucky on that on goal. Uh, Payet again was on the bench, um, only came in uh, late in the game. And, and mind you, when he came in, he, uh, he's here for the two goals being scored. So we'll see how that how that evolves in Marseille. But when you see the, the talent up front, you know, Jason Gendouzi and, and Sanchez starting and then uh, Dimitri Payet, Sandy Zunder and, and Luis Suarez coming in, um, and Milik didn't even come in. Bakambu didn't come in uh, in the midfield. Pat Gay, I don't know when he's going to find some some game time. To be honest, uh, so it's it's interesting. I think Marseille, although Tudor is being criticized, and we don't really know yet what the tactical plan is. Um, there's some there's some good signs. There's some talent in there. Jigo uh, took a red card, but hopefully the the new recruit Eric Bailly is going to be available. Uh, next week, the former uh, Manchester United defender, why well, he's still the Manchester United defender, is on loan. Uh, but it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they progress. Uh, Nantes uh, at times were were dangerous. Moses Simon missed a couple of opportunities that were, I think, a given. I don't know how he missed that. Ludovic Blas um, try and try and you know back him, himself up in his left foot quite a few times. Fabio had a, had a few good um, opportunity up front. Evan Gaisson showed that. Although he's maybe not like the most skilled finisher or the most skilled goal scorer, uh, he's a pretty good anchor man and, and he created some issues for the for the defense. Um, and then yeah, and then when Mostafa Mohamed came in, the Egyptian, there was a little bit of uh, friction going on between him and the and the defense. Nantes did okay. Obviously, Nantes knew that they were playing a Marseille team that is um, that is 
keen to dominate the game and keen to play fast football when they play home. So they were they were definitely on the uh, on the back foot and defending more than they were attacking. But in counter attack, they were dangerous. Uh, so it wasn't it was a good game. I mean, Ligue 1 looks fun this season again. There's a lot of um, stories on in every team, and there's a lot of talent coming in. Veretout was pretty good. Um, with Marseille, Jason was probably not in his best day. Jonathan Kloss is is we know how great he is. The the right wing back. I think if he plays like this with Marseille, he's definitely going to go to the World Cup with the French national team. The way he was combining with Jason Gendouzi, Alexis Sanchez was was great. Um, Tavares, we've seen what we've seen in uh, in Arsenal. He's fast and and he can be good at dribbling, but. Every other time, he just forgets the ball or he does one too many dribbles. So I think um, soon enough, the the Marseille public is going to be um, tired of him, probably. Um, back to now for, for one last thing, sorry. Um, defensively, they're impressive. Giroto, Castelletto, Palois, work, that works well together. They're unlucky, the own goal. Uh, but they work well together. They're strong. They're solid. Um, you know, Palois looks like he's slow, but he's actually pretty fast. A couple of times they try to... Uh, um, to to outpace him and there was no way like close tried and Jason tried, uh, but but he is a, a fake slow guy like we say because he's so tall he doesn't look like he's that fast. Uh, but now just like last year right with Comboire, they seeing how sorry they can be defensively. Um, obviously the issue with Nantes will be um, Comboire. He's he's talking a lot in the press these days. He's openly criticizing his president. He's saying that you know if Ludovic Blas leaves Nantes to go to to Lille. He doesn't really understand why, because it's the same uh, project, basically the same kind of club. The difference is that Nantes is going to play the Europa League and Lille isn't. And so that, that doesn't make sense for him that, that to see a, a player leaving and he kind of half blamed the, the board for it. So we'll see where that ends up. I wouldn't be surprised if Comboire, um, you know, see himself out of the club um, because he keeps criticizing the owner. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how he can react. But yeah, final score 2-1. And so Paris... Uh, won three games. Marseille won two, drew one. Two of those teams, uh, of course, are undefeated so far. So it's a good, uh, it's a good sort of. If it keeps going that way, it'll be a good way to uh, announce uh, le le classic uh, Marseille Paris Saint-Germain who will be played in a in a month, if I'm not mistaken. All right, and the last game that I uh, that I spent quite a bit of time watching because I was keen to see a few new players of the season uh, was Strasbourg Reims. The final score one one. Alexander Djikou scored uh, a, minute, a second before halftime, and uh, Folarin Folarin yes Folarin Balogun the Arsenal Loney equalized for Reims at the 81st minute. Uh, Strasbourg at 64% possession, 12 shots only three on target, and Reims at 12 shots and six on target, and on Sunday, we met Junior Ito. So for whoever listening who doesn't know Junior Ito, the Japanese international, uh, he was a goal-scoring machine, an assist-making machine at Genk in uh, in Belgium. And when he signed for France and for Reims, people who follow Belgian football and follow Japanese football um, were kind of surprised that such a, such a brilliant player ends up in a team that is going to fight against relegation. Uh, but he's shown against Strasbourg how good he is. He was everywhere. Uh, he runs everywhere. He's technically gifted. Um, he's, he's great by himself to try and, and provoke and dribble and, and put himself in a situation to score. But he's also very good at creating goal-scoring opportunity for the rest of the team. Uh, the assist on, on the Balogun goal comes from him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and the whole game has been really dangerous. He could have potentially... Um, be awarded a penalty on, on a foul from Jiku early on um, before halftime as far as, as refereeing go. Uh, Jiku 
is penalized for a, a tackle in the position of, of last defender. The referee first shows the penalty kick and gives Jiku a yellow card because now when defenders foul, there can't be penalty and red card. Then after VAR ch- checks the place, they realize that it's outside the box, so a free kick is given. But if the referee, in my opinion, had decided from the beginning that it was a free kick, he was going to give a red card. So if VAR changes his mind from penalty to free kick, I feel like Jiku should have been given the red card and then obviously he can't score. So that would have been um, a real sliding door moment for, for that game. But anyway, Jiku just got yellow carded. No red card, stayed on the on the pitch, ended up scoring just before halftime. Nothing that Pence could do on that one. Um, and, and then Reims equalized later. Uh, Strasbourg just looked... Um, I mean, we know that Reims, Reims is so defensively, but Strasbourg just looked a little bit more shy than what we've seen last year. A little bit more, yeah, a little bit more timid, a bit less keen on on attacking behind the defense. And, and you know, Jallo uh, came out shortly after halftime to let um, Ludovic Ayork come in because he was on the bench. Uh, we've seen a bit of the young Habib Jara coming in as well. Coming in as well, excuse me, Lebo Motiba came in up front, but they just didn't have. You don't have what it took to really bother that that um, three-man defense of Reims Abdelhamid, uh, Fess, and Gravillon. Um, and, and that's surprising because last year, uh, Strasbourg could run over almost any defense. You know, Thomason, I think, had a good game. The, the assist is on him for, for G2's goal. Uh, Belgarde in the middle. Uh, Persic, technically, it's it's solid. Just, just going forward. Um, yeah, I think it was just a little bit less dangerous than what we've seen uh, last year. So there's a bit of work to do, of course, for uh, Julien Stefan. Uh, Matt Sells had uh, probably, uh, I mean, I guess six short of target, so five decisive saves, but also uh, quite a few anticipations that really saved it for, for Strasbourg so they can thank their, their Belgian goalkeeper, the, the Strasbourg team. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's a 1-1, but I think Reims... Reims is definitely a different team when Junior Ito and, and Balogun are starting together because they really, you can see they love playing football together. They don't mind having the rest of the team defending and they're the only one pushing up front because they are going to go for it. Uh, and I think that they're going to cause some damage. I mean, Balogun, it's already his third goal in three games. So so what a start for the Arsenal Loney after after scoring his first one against Marseille. Um, and, and Junior Ito is going to help him get there. I mean, Ito... Like what missed one or one duel or two by himself uh, in front of cells. Like I said, one of them should have been a penalty given. I reckon um, offered potentially three, four assists, but only one became a real assist. Uh, you know, for Reims, for Reims is going to be an interesting, a f- fun game, fun team to watch. A team that defends, sure, but a team that is fast in counter attack. And Junior Ito, I think, is going to be. Um, you know, if there was a um, like a surprise of the season award kind of thing, I, I would already put my money on him because I think he's going to. Uh, to make Ligue 1 fun this season. So that's the three games that, that I've watched a bit more and that I've analyzed a bit more. Uh, and now we're going to quickly go through um, the rest of the football that was played um, o- over the weekend. Uh, so the first game of the weekend was Lyon against Troyes and Lyon won 4-1. Of course, Lyon didn't play last week. Their game was postponed against Lorient. So it's two games, two wins for Lyon. Uh, and Lacazette scored again very early on uh, at the third minute. Uh, Talia Fico, after conceding a penalty that offered the equalizer to Florian Tardieu, uh, scored just after halftime. And uh, Tete scored a brace 49-75th minute to, uh, to round it up. Tete, who's, uh, who's having a great start of a little career at Lyon. Uh, Lyon, who dominated the game, 67% possession, 16 shots, 8 on target. Uh, 3, 4 shots, only 1 on target. 3, who we said with, uh, with Batches before, definitely are candidates for the first 
coach to be replaced. Uh, I mean, it's 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 fragile. The, the first goal from Lacazette, it's a gift from Adil Rami, who just tries to pass the ball behind, but doesn't look at who's behind him and then just offers the goal to Lacazette, really. Uh, if it wasn't for the penalty, you don't know if they can ever be in a position to uh, to score a goal. Uh, they got Ugbo back. It's it's great. I don't mind the midfield. Tarjo Kwame. Odobert is a young player that I think is going to make a bit of noise. Uh, he's pretty good at the, the right winger for, for Troyes. Uh, but the rest, yeah, it's just... Uh, maybe because Lyon is actually a, a great team and, you know, it was it was Le Penant, Paqueta and Tolisso in the midfield, which, which is great to see. And then Kakere came in and you, you saw why Kakere is going to be the starting uh, midfielder in that team. Um, but, but maybe it was too hard for them. Trois, but that's three games, um, three games and three losses. I don't think they got a point yet. Uh, Trois, yeah, indeed. Three games, three losses, only three goals, on four and, and ten goals considered already. Uh, it's not a great start. They're the only team without a point in Ligue 1 so far. Um, it's not a great start and it's something that, you know, uh, as you guys know, they want to fix quickly. Otherwise, I don't know how long Bruno Herles is going to stay uh, working for the um, the Manchester City Football Group. Uh, for Lyon, it obviously it's a bit better. The two, two games, two wins. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to say that it's both football and it's as good as it was when both was um, in, in the Netherlands, but it's starting to be a bit better. The talent obviously is there. I mean, if Paqueta is not going anywhere, uh, you got you got an offensive armada of Paqueta, Tete, Lacazette. Um, maybe Tokoe Kambi is the only one that's a bit, um, I guess, less flashy in that team. But uh, Le Penant in the midfield is is acclimating really well. And Tolisso um, had probably, what, 60 minutes in his legs and and he's doing all right. So it's a, it's a team that is showing good stuff. Of course, you know, he was still Ryu in the keeper because Lopez is suspended and Mendes in, in central defense. Um, so they have room to improve in some areas, Lyon. But, uh, but a 4-1 win is a... It's a nice way to, uh, it's a good result to have when you have uh, things to improve. Uh, a good result that, that wasn't had by Monaco. 4-1 loss for Les Monégasques at home at the Stade Louis II against Lens. Uh, the goal scorer Luis Openda at the 7th minute. Denver Machado at the 38th. Teco Fofana scored on penalty at the 55th. And Wesley Said at the 78th. Benoit Badachil had reduced the score at the 41st minute for Monaco before the, the two other goals were scored for Lens. Uh, and Monaco finished with 10 men after Vanderson received a second yellow card. Monaco, who only had 45% of the position at home, 12 shots, 5 on target, uh, when Lens had 14 shots and 6 on target, um, and more passes than Monaco and, and less fouls and um, you know a few more corners. So, so Lens... Deserved what they are. Lance is um, with Lyon, Marseille, and Paris Saint-Germain. The other team that is undefeated. So we have four undefeated teams so far in Ligue 1. And Lance was, you know, comfortably sitting second on the table. Uh, same number of points, same goal difference as, as Marseille. For seven goals for and, and three goals against. Um, it's it's a good start for Frank as we expect them to be there now. You know, we, we know them now. We know what they can do. We know how Frank as likes to play football. Um, so, so it's good to see. It's good to see Openda. Um, scoring this early in the season. Uh, and, and I guess we're looking forward to seeing, um, uh, what's his name, the, the tall striker from um, Poland, the name Adam Buxa, who used to be at New England Revolution because Buxa opened up front. I think it's going to be quite dangerous. Um, Samed in the midfield next to Fofana. It's like Ducouré is still there. It's great to see. Frankowski was playing on the right. I do like him on the left better, but Machado did okay on the left uh, this weekend. Um, and Brice Samba had a couple of saves to make, and he made them. Um, so go, good on them to to have gotten the former Marseille keeper uh, on the post. For Monaco, it's worrying signs. Uh, some of the goals, you look like 
Nubel could have done something. So I don't know if if Nubel's going to stay in, in goals or if uh, Philippe Clément, for the sake of like changing something or maybe giving Nubel a lesson, is going to put uh, Thomas Didion in maybe next week. But um, it, it's not great. Uh, it's not a good month for Monaco, obviously kicked out of the UCL um, and now struggling to uh, to really get the points when it matters um, in Ligue 1. And they are, um, they are in the second part of the table, one game, sorry, one win, one draw, one loss. Um, so, so after three games, it's obviously an average, uh, an average um, result to to come back with four goals, four six goals against. Um, you know, the penalty uh, provoked by um, it was Embolo uh, was a bit silly, and yeah, it's just not quite um, quite gelling together and quite working yet at Monaco. But I'm sure Philippe Clément will uh, will sort this out. Lucky for them that they don't have the pressure that they would be at Paris or. Or in Marseille because I think um, I think he wouldn't survive this uh, this month. The poor uh, the poor Philippe Clément. Um, another team that's struggling into the south east is Nice, and Nice was traveling to Clermont, and Nice lost in Clermont 1-0 for Clermont. The goal scorer Saifidi Nkawi, the former Marseille player, was scored at the sixth minute. Nice, who ended up with only nine players on the pitch after um, two red cards given within three minutes, Mario Lemina. Get a red card for a tackle that the referee judged um, too violent. And Tojibo, a minute later, got a second yellow card for dissent, basically. And uh, and then and then Nice was nine for the last 10 minutes. Monaco, uh, Monaco sorry. Nice, who ended up with 53% possession, 13 shots, four on target. Uh, and Clermont, only seven shots, two on target. Yet, Clermont wins the game. And that's because Nice was a bit uninspired up front. I mean, Guiri has a very good opportunity early on. But besides that... Uh, there's just not a lot. The, the team looks like you think what it's going to look like eventually. Brahimi was up front in front of Delors, uh, but otherwise it was Kifren Chiraman behind him, Query, Stengs, uh, Rosario Limina, Lotomba, Dante, Todibo, Dani Lux. So, so it looks like that's the team that Nice will put forward with obviously maybe Andy Delors in, instead of Brahimi and, and maybe Aaron Ramsey coming in, maybe Atal coming in. They have a good team. They have a good bench. I mean, Alexis Beka-Beka didn't even come in. Rares Ilie, the young Romanian talent, didn't even come in. Uh, so the talent is there. It's just uh, Favre is taking a bit longer than what we thought to to put that talent together, to put the pieces together and to get the results. Uh, they still haven't won two draw and one loss for Nice so far. So uh, that win is uh, is definitely, um, I guess, overdue uh, for, for a team coached by Favre and we know what Favre can do. Uh, but on the, on the weekend, they lost to Clermont. Clermont, just like last year, uh, are surprising at the beginning of the season. Of course, they lost to Paris Saint-Germain, but they won two games besides that. And they're here at the, at the fifth spot on the table. Uh, and like I said, last year, they started the same way because obviously Bayo was impressive and they started at the top of the table for, for six, seven games. Uh, and then, of course, it was a bit harder. But, uh, but yeah, good to see Clermont uh, getting a couple of good results. And I don't think a lot of Clermont fans would have uh, would have gone for an easy win against uh, against Nice not that it was easy but uh, but even a win against Nice so uh, so they'll take it that uh, that 1-0 victory Toulouse Lorient was being played in the southwest of France and 2-2 was the final score a sumptuous free kick by Armand Lorient if you're going to see a goal this weekend go and check that a just a missile sent from 25 meters and it took the perfect dip under the crossbar. It was just over Dupé, but there was so much space and so much strength in that shot that there's nothing the goalkeeper could have done. Uh, so Lorient scored first at the second minute. Uh, Toulouse equalized 
and went ahead thanks to Rafael Ratao and Cis Dalinga, second goal of the season for Dalinga. Uh, but Ibrahim Akoni equalized on penalty. Uh, in the meantime, as well, between the two goals, Lorian had missed another penalty by Terem Mofi, our brother uh, Dupé had saved it, uh, which Toulouse would be pretty fuming that they considered another penalty eventually. Uh, anyway, Toulouse finishing with 53% possession, 16 shots, 8 on target. Um, and Toulouse, who's shown some, some good stuff, but there was definitely a bit more misfocus than what I've ever seen for, from Toulouse. But Van and Boomen making stupid mistakes. Uh, the, the penalties are, are dumb, both of them. Uh, things that can be avoided and things that they need to avoid if they want to be able to stay in Liga, um, because Lorient, if it's not set pieces, they tend to look a little bit, um, a little bit too shy. I mean, they have an attack, crazy attack. Kone, Lorienté, Diara, Mofi. There's so much talent offensively, but they just don't. Um, they don't really gel well together, or they, I guess, technically they maybe maybe they're strong and and quick and and good in front of goals, but technically sometimes we see some uh, some things that are a bit scary. Uh, but anyway, they got a point in Toulouse this weekend, so good for Les Merlu. Um, Toulouse with, with the uh, Australian international Denis Jeanro, who, who walked in, who, sorry, who, um, was subbed in uh, and played a few minutes as well. And, and unfortunately, Toulouse who announced today uh, that their striker Rhys Healy, the the English. Striker who ended up um, the best goal scorer in league the last year uh, did his ACL today. So of course, um, you know we wish him a prompt um, healing, but uh, but very sad for for Healy, who I'm sure was keen to play at front. I mean, when you look at the attack in Toulouse as well, Dalinga, Ratao, Buklal, Onewu, Healy, there's a lot of talents. And unfortunately for Healy now he's injured, but there's still four uh, very strong. Um, forwards playing for for Toulouse it's a it's a team to follow this season Angers Brest was another game Angers another team that's struggling they lost at home to Brest 3-1 the goal scorer Jeremy Le Doiron with a brace at the 10th and 38th minute for Brest and Ashraf Dari who scored the last goal at the 65th minute Sofiane Bouffal um, scored a goal just for for honor at the 78th minute um, Alid Sabanovic, the new centre-back of Angers, was um, sent off at the 35 minutes for, uh, not a centre-back, the right-back, sorry, for a tackle that, I don't know, the two feet are away from the floor, but I don't know if it's a straight red card. It's a bit, it's a bit harsh, it's given anyway, and then after that, um, like a minute, uh, five minutes after, sorry, um, Brest scored the second goal, and, and then it's very complicated for Angers to, to come back in there. But Brest were good against Marseille, um, they deserve this win against um, um, against uh, Angers, excuse me, uh, because they they played well and you know eleven shots, seven on target, fifty percent possession. Uh, they yeah they didn't steal it. They really worked hard for it. Jeremy Ledouard has some very solid opportunities, and Bernardoni did a few saves. Otherwise, the score could have been worse. Uh, but a solid win for uh, for Der Zakarian uh, away from home for Angers. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think the alarm bells are going to be rung um, soon enough. 17th on the table, still not a win. Three goals, four, five against, two draws, one loss. Um, we need to see a bit better from uh, from Gérald de Bacicle and his men. Montpellier, Auxerre, the crazy game of the weekend. 2-1 for Auxerre. Auxerre wins their first league game in 10 years. Uh, the goal scorer Nuno da Costa at the 70th minute and then a penalty for Mathias Autre at the 75th minute. Uh, Montpellier had scored first with uh, Mah- Mamadou Sako and a header 
five minutes before halftime. Uh, but then the red cards started. First, it was uh, Khalil Fayad from Montpellier at the 46th minute, then Mbain Young at the 51st minute. Red card that I think both of them were a little bit harsh. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why the referee was so... Uh, like, Nyang definitely doesn't see Sako when, when he hurts him. And maybe at the VAR, it looks worse than what it is. But I feel like they were maybe dark yellows, but not red. Uh, anyway, after that, Nuno Da Costa takes a second yellow after scoring his goal at the 88th minute and gets suspended and again get sent off, excuse me. And then Savanier at the 94th minute, last kick of the game. You don't know why he just lays a tackle from behind and, and, and regrets instantly, but still gets a red card as well. So four red cards given uh, during that game, uh, a possession that was all Montpellier, 65% possession for Montpellier, 13 shots, seven on target. Auxerre, seven shots, two on targets, two goals, maximum efficiency for Jean-Marc Furlan. Uh, but Montpellier can have regrets. Um, it's a game that I could have won, that I should have won. A lot of opportunities. Benoit Costil uh, was was almost perfect in between the posts for uh, for Auxerre, really saved the day. Uh, but Montpellier can uh, can definitely have some regrets um, not, not getting a result there. They look better, Montpellier. They are playing a bit better football, all the former Saint-Etienne players, uh, you know, Nordin and Kazri, etc. They're slowly um, getting into the rhythm. So, so yeah, it's good to see. Hopefully, it, it keeps going uh, for them. And the last game of the weekend that, that I haven't talked about yet is Rennes against Ajaccio. And Rennes finally getting their first win, three games on. Uh, Martin Terrier scored the first goal at the 18th minute. And the new recruit, Arthur Théat scored at the 62nd minute. Uh, Munaim El Idrissi had equalized before Théat's goal for Ajaccio. 2-1 win for Rennes and Rennes, who finished with 10 players after Leslie Hugo Chukwu got sent off at the 91st minute. Uh, before that, the sub-keeper Romain Salin got red-carded while being sitting on the bench for uh, for dissent and for complaint. Uh, Rennes with, uh, with a, a good display, but not... Ultra dominating, you know. Ajaccio is a team that is known for their defensive ability, and when they play away, supposedly they'll they'll park the bus, uh, but not quite so much at the um, at the Stade de la Haute de Lorient. At the Stade, no, at the Roison Park. Excuse me. The Stade de la Haute de Lorient used to be the Rennes Stadium back when I was a teenager. Um, anyway, the the Roison Park. Uh, Sixteen shots for Rennes, seven on target, and for Ajaccio, ten shots, three on target, only fifty five percent possession. For Rennes, uh, I mean, Ajaccio was definitely playing the long ball uh, and, and trying to push. But, uh, but yeah, lucky for Rennes, um, Ajaccio misses the penalty as well by uh, by Thomas Mangani uh, early in the first half, or rather Alem Dar, who's uh, who's in the key, who's in between the posts because Mandanda is injured, saved the penalty. Um, but but a, a team of Ajaccio that I think is going to be, we said it in the pod before, is going to be one of them that, that struggles. And Rennes, who maybe are still a little bit shaken by all this transfer business. You know, is Terrier going? Is Terrier staying? Is Bourijo going? Is Bourijo staying? Um, Kalimundo just arrived. Um, but the talent is still there. And, and if that, that team starts flowing, I know that they are going to be hard to stop. Um, as it stands this weekend, they played with Tay and Santa Maria in the midfield, Bourijo on the right, Terrier on the left, and Laborde Kalimundo up front. So there's a lot of talent. And on the bench, of course, you got Jeremy Doku, you got Mach Sablin, um, Leslie Ogojoku, unfortunately, got red carded. Kamaldin Sulemana. So there's a lot of talent on and off the pitch. Uh, and I think once they find their rhythm again, they're going to be dangerous. I mean, last year it took them six, seven games to really get into it. And it took that, that win against Clermont 6 0 for them to really 
uh, get where we wanted them to be. So maybe that's what it's going to take as well. We're looking forward to seeing Rennes at the, at the level that they are supposed to be at. So those results, what does that mean on the table? Paris Saint-Germain, of course, is up front. Nine points out of three games, 17 goals scored. Like I said, really dominated. Um, Lens and Marseille behind Paris at seven points, um, both undefeated. Lyon with six points because they have only played two games, of course. Uh, so four teams that I haven't known uh, defeat yet. Sorry, I didn't mention it, but Toulouse and Lorient are also undefeated. Uh, Toulouse is, is with one win and two draws, and, and Lorient with one win, one draw so far uh, are there. Uh, and uh, and the best defense so far is Lorient, who has only conceded two goals in their first uh, two games. Uh, so so did Lyon. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see when those teams uh, finally play against each other. I'm not sure it's uh, when it's organized yet, but hopefully it'll be sooner rather than uh, later. The crazy stats of the day, of course, uh, they come from Paris Saint-Germain. Neymar, three games, five goals. Six assists. He was on in on eleven of the seventeen gay goals that uh, Paris scored. That's crazy. Uh, Mbappe follows with four goals, and then it's Messi with three goals, um, with Sotoka, Balogun, and, and Tete. But Paris Saint Germain, obviously, even on the stats, is uh, is already flying over the rest of Ligue 1. Neymar has six assists. The next guy, it's Thomasson with only two assists. So what a start of the season for uh, for Neymar and for Paris in uh, general. Uh, this weekend, a, f- a few great games. We're going to start with the games that maybe aren't as exciting as the other one. Ajaccio Lille, Auxerre Strasbourg, Nantes Toulouse, Brest Montpellier, Lorient Clermont, Troyes Angers, and then it gets a bit more interesting. Reims against Lyon, Lens against Rennes, Nice Marseille, and Paris Saint Germain Monaco to finish the weekend. Uh, some really good games to watch. Nice, Marseille, Paris, Monaco. Uh, definitely, I want, I'm going to keep a, an eye on those games. And of course, Lens against Rennes as well is going to be a, a very interesting game. So, so great games coming. Who knows how many goals Paris and Amérique are going to score against Monaco next week. But hopefully, uh, hopefully the Monégasque will be able to show a bit more, a bit of a better defense than the first three teams that Paris Saint-Germain has played against. That's it. That's Casseligne. Thank you, everybody, for, for following. Uh, there's one more week in, on the Mercato, on the transfer window. Uh, let's see if Ronaldo does come to Marseille. I don't, I don't believe it. Uh, but uh, those rumors were, were pretty funny. Uh, but let's see who, which players are coming in. Ajaccio, no, Ajaccio, sorry. Monaco, Nice, uh, even Paris Saint-Germain are talking about players that they're looking for to, um, to improve the quality uh, in, in their squad. So we'll see who joins before the 31st of August and who leaves as well who leaves Ligue 1 there's a few players that are rumored to uh, to leave our beautiful country so we'll see if they do in the meantime thank you so much for listening subscribe send me messages if you disagree with what I say go for it today I had a nice little back and forth on Twitter with, with someone about Galchier and uh, how I thought Galchier had failed at Nice and, and this uh, lovely gentleman disagree with me but I always love a good chat don't hesitate to come in in the meantime enjoy the week Allez la France and I'll talk to you soon ciao ciao